I heard someone say that a smart man learns from his experiences, but a wise man learns from the experiences of others. As tradespeople, we're in a unique position because we see everything that can go wrong and does go wrong when it comes to maintaining and repairing your home. Sometimes uh, when we go out and help someone after we're done, the homeowner feels like, well, that was really simple. If I only would have known, fill in the blank. I could have avoided paying you to do, you know, whatever they're dealing with, right? And that's what we're going to be talking about on this episode of In the House, furnace problems that homeowners unknowingly cause themselves. Let's go. In the House is an Any Hour Services podcast where we talk about things homeowners should know when it comes to maintaining and repairing their homes. I'm Mike Wilson, and today I've got Richard and Kevin, managers of the HVAC maintenance service and install departments at Any Hour Services. How long have you guys been in the HVAC industry? 21 years. 21? 22. 22, that's a long time. You guys are perfect for this because I wanted to talk about common homeowner caused problems, things that they might not even realize that they're doing to cause their own furnaces to not work the way that they should. And so um, as you guys have been doing this, I'm sure you could talk about it endlessly with all of that experience that you have, but let's try and narrow this down to like a top five, okay? Top five things that homeowners do to cause their own furnace problems. Just so people know that these were your top five things. We did talk before the show so that I had a list of the things. So I'll, I'll give you the top five. Okay. Well, I'm going to give you one at a time. We'll go backwards so that the suspense is like building number five, blocking the exhaust outside of a high efficient furnace. Why is that number five? What happens is a lot of times we put barbecues or we store stuff out on a patio or something that where we're going to, you know, under the shed or somewhere that we just don't think of because it's just up against something. And that furnace needs exhaust. It's got to kick it outside the house, but it also has intake, what brings it inside. And so by blocking that, it can either block it completely and it shuts it down or it can cause a little turbulence where it brings back the exhaust mm. and the flames shutter, flutter, excuse me, and then they just shut down the furnace. So... We see that quite a bit, actually. Garbage cans in the way, um, barbecues, lawn chairs. You know, they've been out on in the yard, and now they bring them somewhere else and store them. And they, they just stack them up beside the house. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, so you've got. Go ahead, Kevin. I was just gonna say, if if you have enough stuff blocking it, you won't even push enough to be able to close what's called a pressure switch in the furnace, and won't even kick on. Mm. You know, so gotcha. Yeah, that's that's something where, um, like, when we get like a really heavy snow, I'll tell people like, hey pay attention to where your exhaust is because if the snow comes up and covers it that that can cause the issue but i didn't even think about homeowners like just stacking stuff oh, around yeah. it themselves all sorts of stuff wood piles wood pile, yeah. just mm. boxes of just randomness you know gotcha. yeah so. it's just it's there it becomes part of the house you don't even think about it so you just put something right in front of it and block it and then that next thing you know you're calling for a furnace problem another thing i've seen a few times is the particularly with a they call it a concentric kit, you know, two pipes converge into one and people are putting stuff around and they drop something on it and it knocks the cap off. And it's, I've had it mess with pressure switches just because you've got uh, combustion air and flu and it's just, it's just not able to do what it's supposed to because they're not separate. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. That, uh, you said cause turbulence. So it's trying to exhaust the air. It's supposed to have room to like take it out mm -hmm. straight so that it can pull in fresh air 
because it needs oxygen, right? And yep. so that stuff that's coming out is the gas that is not oxygen, Yay. right? Hmm? So, all right, cool. So number uh, five, blocked exhaust outside. So I guess how to prevent it, go walk around outside and make sure you don't have anything blocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Know where your um, exhaust is, I guess. I would say it's probably a good idea also if you've got kids to like make sure that they know where that's at because it's a good chance that they're the ones not putting things back where they go and they're the ones stacking the lawn chairs and all that stuff around it. Another thing that might be good when you're showing your kids where it's at is make sure they know not to put things in it. Oh. I mean, baseballs, golf balls, grocery bags. It's all stuff that we've pulled out that kids have just kind of, huh? they see a little opening and they're like, Hey, what can we fit in there? You know, that's good to good to know. Do they have wire covers on them, like a mesh uh, cover? Some you can find some that have uh, just a small uh, wire mesh thing that you can put over them. N most of them don't come with it, like actually built into it. Gotcha. It's kind of tough in our climate because if you put something that blocks it too much, that does create a little moisture, and then it freezes, and then yeah. you've got a whole block frozen. One that uh, you see commonly used is uh, it's got a couple of bars that'll go across the front and you know yeah it just presents prevents somebody from putting the ball or something mm -hmm. in it that makes sense yeah, it just kind of blocks it okay number four um a repair that seems simple so a homeowner decides to try it themselves youtube saw it on youtube i'm gonna do it now <laughs> they probably saw it in an email that mike sent out <laughs> <laughs> that could be true <laughs> youtube certified we call that yeah you, you know what i gotta be being someone who uses YouTube, because let me tell you, I'm an amazing mechanic with YouTube. I've been able to fix tons of stuff, but even me, there's some things How much where, have you broke, too? Nothing yet, because I know when that line is. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Well, I think you know where that line is because you're a technician. Be well, exactly, because right? this is the kind of stuff I see and do, you know? So, so okay, so what are the common things that people uh, break when they try and do it themselves? They'll... Uh, do a Google search or a YouTube search, and I'll talk. One of the things that we see a lot is clean the flame sensor. You know, if the flame turns on or it doesn't turn on, clean the flame sensor. Someone will tear it apart and try to clean it, um, and it'll actually be the igniter they're cleaning, and they'll break it. Mm. So now they've got a broken igniter. Gotcha. And maybe they cleaned them both. So um, maybe they got it, but they, just didn't, sense. they didn't get confused between what's In what. In their defense, the igniter does look like it's crusted over with stuff and needs to be cleaned. Yeah. <laughs> Can have some white, yep, carbon buildup. Mm -hmm. But uh, keep going. There's wires, um, you know, in the process of taking something apart or cleaning yeah, it. crossed up. It crossed up or left off. It's or easy to like knock that. them off. Yeah, it's, as someone that produces that DIY content for people, I'm trying to be helpful, but I totally recognize that. And I say in every single video that like, hey, if you ever feel like you've gotten in over your head, stop and call somebody that you trust for some help. And so I always like to consult with you guys and find out what are the most common mistakes that people make when they are trying to do that stuff themselves. Because like Kevin or even like me, like you, if you are mechanically minded or like good with your hands, there's plenty of stuff that you can do that you like if someone just showed you how to do it because you know what you're doing and you're comfortable working with tools and things, it's no problem with you trying to do that. The problem is, is like when you don't quite have enough training and you don't quite know what you're doing. So if you are, I guess the way to prevent it is if you are going to try that stuff yourself, like don't just like rush in like you're like, I, I 
I remember those are not I'm thinking of someone specific that I'm not going to name, but you probably know people like this. The guy that that goes and gets the furniture from the store, but doesn't even look at the instructions when they go to put it together. And uh, and there's parts left over or it's not quite as sturdy as it was in the store display. I love instructions. My wife makes fun of me because I'll get we got a toaster for Christmas a couple years ago and I read the instructions on a toaster. She's making fun of me and I point out I'm like what does this bagel button do? She's like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm about to find out, and I'm not telling you. <laughs> You're pretty, bagels pretty are sure it makes bagels. so bad when you cook them. <laughs> but I am. I'm a big. I look at it as a as the instructions are her cheat code. Yeah, I, I, I'm a weird dude. I like watching infomercials, and I like looking at owner's manuals. Now I don't read the whole thing. I just go to the maintenance section to find out. Like, oh, That's, I'm supposed to do that. I get those text <laughs> messages. So it says in the owner's manual. <laughs> Yes, it does, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I never realized that. The one thing you said that's important, too, is if you feel like you're getting over your head, stop. Like, because you can make it worse. It, it's better off to, hey, let's get a professional out there and let's let them tidy it up and finish doing it before you break more stuff. I would say rule of thumb. If you've never worked on your furnace before and you have to, like, loosen more than five screws or five bolts, like... Double think what you're doing. <laughs> well, you know your well, maybe you don't. I was gonna say you know yourself better than anybody. Ask yourself this question. Am I mechanically inclined? Is this something I should be getting into? You know what I mean? Have you ever met somebody that thought they were, but they weren't? Yeah, that's why I hesitated on that at the beginning. Yeah. So Well, I know that like my memory isn't super good and when I'm doing something that I uh have never done before and I'm worried about like that's a lot of wires. Like I take pictures, I draw diagrams, I do everything I can. Even in my DIY videos that I'm doing, I tell people like, hey, it's a good idea to do this. I'm not doing that to just remind you it's a good idea. <laughs> I'm doing that because Cam is filming me and he's seeing me do it. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the steps. Uh, take a picture and draw a diagram. <laughs> anyway, okay. Code. Right. So anyway, all right. So that's number four. Uh, the repairs seem simple. So you try and make them yourselves and maybe you aren't quite as experienced doing that. So, okay, number three, thermostats. Talk to me about how homeowners cause their own problems when it comes to their thermostat. And there's a couple here. Um, just the programming itself. Try to program it without the reading the instructions. Get the AMs and PMs mixed up and you didn't notice it. So just the programming itself is can be sometimes a problem why it's not heating properly. Okay, what else? Um, something that Richard had mentioned before was the uh, they're swapping thermostats and they may wire everything up right but in the process of doing it and taking things apart they'll see a little spark or hear a little spark or maybe they don't even see it but what you've done is popped a fuse that on the furnace and now you got to go searching for a fuse yeah it's wired up properly but mm -hmm. the fuse is blown mm. what else on thermostats the switch is set to not heat as crazy as that sounds we do get those calls, not so much in the middle of the winter, but the first of the winter or, you know, first cup cold in my furnace doesn't turn on or whatever, you know, the switch, if it's like a touch screen and the thermostat's a little more confusing and not understanding it, that's one. Can't tell you how often I've gone out to a call that was, my furnace is blowing air and it's blowing cold air and it doesn't ever stop. And you walk over and their fan switch is on, on instead of auto, mm. you know, just a simple you know, look a little closer at your thermostat. So they went over to the thermostat to turn it on and they turned the fan on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, any other common thermostat issues? Aside from like 
batteries going bad you right. just didn't double check you know right they don't cause that but i mean if you if they go unchanged for a while then that's definitely something that you could you could check there okay so number 3 uh registers and return errors or vents the supply vents and the return vents being blocked or covered talk to us about that it's um it's super common for people when you get in the house and you put your furniture out not to notice the grills on the wall the grills are flat where the ones that are on the wall except for in some older homes usually their return air it's the air that's coming back to feed the system and usually there's not as many of them in the house um there's some houses around them i only have two or one uh three four but if you block one off and you've got four of them you've blocked off essentially 25 percent of your air going back to the furnace and for me, my house is a little bit older. My registers are in the floor, the supply uh, vents, and the the covers, they're just old and beat up. Sometimes it feels like just with the thing blowing, it can, like, blow them shut or, like, the, the slightest vibration, they can, like, close. Or in my kid's room, they would, like, put, like, bean bags or, like, their dirty clothes, even though the hamper is sitting right there mm-hmm. next to it, like – it's they're not allowed to put the clothes in the hamper they have to cover <laughs> the vents anyway. yeah things just get set there and just not thinking it's just floor um a lot of them are a blow a window so somebody stands on the registers or look in the window and they kick the little knob that closes it that's a good one so something that i've noticed people do too is uh depending on the house sometimes people like these decorative grills right mm. uh i've got some in-laws i was actually trying to help them figure out an issue with their stuff last year and i tell you their grills that they had were were awful their register covers um it was a slide thing rather than a rather than a metal louver right and so it didn't matter if it was open you were losing like a quarter inch every three-eighths of an inch. i mean it was like the whole way across it was losing tons of surface area to be able to blow through i mean you can do that to yourself by putting some of those decorative types on there are a lot i've seen them on uh instagram recently where it's a a new interior design thing where you have the register and it's got a little channel on the outside of it, but it's like completely. Oh yeah. Covered, I know about. You know what I mean? And so I look at that and I'm like, that looks super awesome. And then I remember like, how's that thing going to like get enough air through there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. These new vents that close off on their own that have batteries. I mean, by the time you put that in alone, it's blocking it and then it's shutting it down. It's like, it's yeah. not, for your system. W- wood registers too. I was going to say hardwood yeah. uh, when you're putting hardware floor in. They're they'll like, they they'll sell cut you those it down by registers. 75%. Wow. So, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we've had uh, service calls alone. We just changed the registers out and it, the houses work great. Hmm. Interesting. Buy a new piece of furniture or an entertainment stand. Don't block the returns or the supply vents. It's almost like you should like have somebody design where the furniture is going to go before you actually <laughs> build the house or something. Right. But no one does that. So anyway, all right. So cool. Watch. Uh, make sure. Go around the house. Make sure the vents are open. And make sure you don't have furniture blocking a return air. Well, I was just going to say, one other thing that I actually have seen a lot is uh, pet beds. Mm. People will put their pet. And maybe it's because the pet likes the feel of the air going across them or what. But I've seen a lot of returns where the pet bed is there and the dog decides, you know, or they lay against it. And it's amazing how their filters how fast their filters fill up with pet hair and everything else just by the dog laying there and having that be there. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that actually leads us into our number one thing. That was my impression of a drum roll. That was number three for some reason. Wait, I lost track. 
No. Okay, so Not a math just to recap. <laughs> just to recap, number five, blocking the exhaust on a high-efficient furnace outside. Number four, repairs seem simple. You try them, but eh, maybe you didn't do that good a job. Number three, thermostats. It's the one I forgot. Number two, uh, supply vents and returns being blocked or shut off. Number one... Maybe insert a drum roll there that actually sounds good. Okay, so number one, filters. And, you know, a common thing with filters is that you are supposed to look at the airflow direction arrow on the filter and have it pointing towards the furnace. That's the proper way for the air to flow. And for some reason, I don't where did the where did the song you came pop up in with my it. head? I have no idea. Well, no, I was saying follow something anyway. So somehow follow the yellow brick road came up. And then I was thinking I had that song in my head. And so then it was like, follow the yellow brick road. But then road and airflow, I was trying to figure it out. It's like, so follow the arrow for flow. Doop, doop. Follow the arrow for flow. Doop, doop. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. So uh, furnace filters. Let's talk about all of the mistakes that people can and do make uh, when it comes to their filters. Not changing the filter. Okay. Number one. Yeah. That seems obvious enough. Uh, changing it with the wrong size. A lot of people put one that's too small or too big and just kind of cram it in. Mm. So when you say the wrong size, there are uh, there's different dimensions, right? You've mm -hmm. got length, width. Does the depth, does that matter as well? Like as yes. far as the quote mm -hmm. right size? Yeah. So look at the opening where the, the filter goes and make sure that the filter you're putting in is the same depth mm -hmm. or the same whatever thickness. And then... How do you know like what size filter you're supposed to be putting in? If you stick a filter in, you slide it all the way to the back, right? Because you're going to, depending on your typical setup where it slides in next to the furnace, and it either slides in extra far to where you can't reach the filter anymore if it's going to be all the way back, or it doesn't reach all the way back if you have it to the front, that's too small. You know, It needs to be able to cover the entire uh, amount of the, the the whole depth going into the ductwork, um, and then heightwise too. I've seen people where it's the right depth, and they slide it in, and they're a couple inches too short. So you got air just bypassing the filter, going right over the top of it. Mm. What else with filters? Uh, on just real quick on that one, if you put your filter in and you can see the air flow is air is going to go around it, it's not the right size. Okay. So I would say another one that we get is if the filter's inside the door panel where you have to take the door covers off. Um, the door panel doesn't get on properly, so the little safety switch, we call it door door switch, doesn't get pushed, pressed in, and it prevents the furnace from actually turning on. So to try and explain that for people that are listening, some people have a separate little cabinet next to the furnace where the filter is, and you don't have to mess with the furnace itself. You've got a filter rack, right? Mm -hmm. And so you change the filter, and you never have to take the front cover off of the furnace. Other people have a furnace where you have to take the door off and you have to slide the filters inside down by the blower motor. That's Is that what yes. you're talking about? Yep. And so then when you put that bottom cover back on, that safety switch doesn't get compressed and your system will never turn back on because that's uh, that's not being yep. depressed or An compressed. Or another way that it's done that's super common is in your return drop or the duct that's beside the furnace, there's like a slide panel that'll slide up mm -hmm. and the filter's just inside there and it just goes in and probably leans against the furnace yeah and i see people where they put them in there and they lean them the wrong direction ah. and they just leave it completely open 
And the other thing that they'll Their do. Their filter never gets dirty. It, no. It's like, it's so clean. <laughs> My house is so clean. But I've seen other ones where talking about thickness, they'll stick a extra wide filter in there. And now what they're doing is, and it's leaning the right direction, but now they've taken a lot of that drop and cut the actual amount of air that's able to get down and go through there. Mm. So a few things that you can do wrong. I've heard you guys talking also before about uh, getting a really high MERV rating filter. Mm -hmm. So like you have a basic uh, filter in and then maybe you hear that like, oh, it's pollen season. So you go to the hardware store and you get one that's like super fancy, right? Or, or it's really expensive, which means it's like tighter knit, smaller openings. The pollen and the particles and things aren't going to get through, but neither do the the air, the air molecules yeah, <laughs> yeah there can be some very because of the airflow we talked about you know uh it can if you get too thick of a filter too restricting it can definitely cause problems on your furnace overheat and stuff like that gotcha. the other one that i've seen people do is they want a thicker filter so rather than just getting the four inch filter they just put four one inch filters together that doesn't work genius <laughs> definitely does not work <laughs> now it's trying to go through four filters that oh okay well kudos to that guy because it's like well at least that's I'll always have. <laughs> I'll always have one clean one, and I'm only having to replace that <laughs> other one, right? Yeah. And then if I ever forget to get filters, I just pull that one out, and at least I got an extra. That's you know that's I've a had thinker. genius. I've had a uh, I've had to uh, take the plastic off filters before. Really? Yep. My All customer right. puts it in and just forgot or had their son or whatever change the filter and call and my furnace is whistling where it's never done this before. And then we go there, and the plastic's still on the filter. Yep, we've, mm. we've had that. I got so make sure to take the plastic off. I got off. bad news. <laughs> <laughs> good news, simple fix. Yeah. Well, the, but I mean, and that's the whole point of this episode. There are those are some of the simple things that, like, when a homeowner realizes that the, realizes that they just paid you to come out and unwrap the filter, to, like to take the packing material off of it. So you know, just take a take a little bit of extra time, pay attention to what you're doing, and uh, you know, there there's a reason that people uh you know come, that that people are trained that come out and do this i would you know what i'm gonna give them a bonus i don't know since we went from five to one i don't know if this one would be like zero or anyway we're just gonna call this the bonus a big thing that i that people do that cause their own furnace problems and i would actually say it's neglect to have the annual maintenance done because there's so many things, all of these little things that we talk about, like when you have, I feel like I talk about annual maintenance all the time. And I feel like Richard's always trying to like give money off on the service, but we're not going to let him talk today. Uh, but this annual maintenance, you know, it is, it is really important. And honestly, if you, if you would rather not think about doing all of that stuff, that's another reason to make sure that you're, that you've got a company that you trust and that you work with and make sure you're having that annual maintenance done. So there's a bunch of things that you can check yourself that you need to like be aware of and stay on top of, but it's a good idea to have a company that you trust and like just get that maintenance done. Same way you like go and get the oil changed on your car, call a company, they can schedule it out for as far as you want. And more than likely if they're worth their salt, they, they'll be able to like, call you and remind you that like, Hey, it's time it's coming up or text you or something. At least I know we do that at any hour services. So anyway, um, any last thoughts? Give us a call. We can help out. I, I was, I was thinking when you said that, I was like, you know, 
I should just really just go ahead and just throw you know that out anyways, Mike. I thought that's what you were about to well, do. I, I was going to Mike. You know, Mike, you know, Mike tried to say no, but you know, if you want to give us a call, we're happy to come out. It's twenty nine dollars to come out. <laughs> we're happy to help you. There he goes. Goodness gracious! Look, we try well, hey, look, and have. We you try didn't and cut my specials. mic. You didn't cut my mic off. Uh, can we install a button? Like a uh, like what is it? in the in the uh, in the radio and the TV they have like a dump button I think that's what it is where so if somebody says something they're not supposed to there's like a three second delay and you can hit the dump button and it like cuts it out for a little bit but uh, what you need is a trap door ah that would be even more entertaining <laughs> I think a, like a eject seat would be more entertaining than mm. a trap door well oh, it's, it's like really either. it's really turned into the podcast special so if you are listening to <laughs> this episode and uh you haven't had your furnace uh service jet this year give us a call uh, it doesn't matter when this episode aired as long as you when you call in you mention that i was listening to the podcast and richard said that i could actually so that way if anyone gets in trouble it's not the host <laughs> of the show it's the guests and we have to do what the guests say so anyway normally we charge 99 dollars to come out and do all the manufacturers recommended maintenance and inspection items but if you call and mention that you heard Richard offer this discount <laughs> on the podcast. We'll give you 70 bucks off and we'll tune your furnace up for only $29. So anyway, take advantage of it. The biggest reason that people don't do it is because they forget. And so that's, that's, that's why I lumped it in there as a, one of the things that we do to cause our own furnace problems, because whether we mean to or not, like if, if I forget to change my oil all the time, eventually my car is going to stop running. Same thing with your furnace. If you forget to change your car's oil, your furnace will stop. I'm just kidding, people. Anyway, <laughs> oh, man, what an episode. Thanks, thanks for having for, us on. Yeah, thanks yeah, for being super here. Super fun. Um, that is it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. I hope it was helpful. We'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson, and you've been listening to In the House. In the House.